Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I am with Honky. After traveling this past week into Denver to watch the Huskers and drink copious amounts of alcohol with my podcast mates, one of the Redcasters' wife said we all must be going through a midlife crisis. Little did she know that we're really just that immature. <laughs> uh, I was also with Boomer, who was out here. Hey, uh, Redcast fans. Uh, no worries about how the weeks have been going. I'm sure Scott Frost will thoroughly enjoy life in Knoxville. <laughs> That's a possibility. That's a hot. Uh, right it is. And we We're also have Mac with us. Here. <laughs> Mac? Hey, Redcasters. Just want to remind everybody that it is a blackout, Tony Hayek, for this game this week. So these guys have been copying everything we've done for the last 20-odd years. So let's wear some black, throw them off a little bit. Yeah, they're going to be terribly confused. I'm certain of that. I think we'll probably be also very confused because I'm sure not everybody is going to get the memo and we'll have a nice uh, black and red uh, stadium. But, hey. Weren't we supposed to wear black to the very first game we played against Wisconsin? That was the one out in Madison, yeah. Yes. Yeah, in fact, uh, I remember I did wear black. Yeah, that ended well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You could argue that we were, like, in a state of mourning by the end of the game, so... Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, well, guys, um, had a, uh, a successful Friday night of football there against the Fighting Illini. Uh, Huskers looked looked uh, better. One of our uh, bounce-back games, but that's what you should expect versus uh, one of the lowest-rung uh, tiered teams in the Big Ten. Uh, guys, you know, I was trying to put this uh, win in perspective, and... Uh, I, I threw this out to Honky uh, while he was still out here on on Sunday morning. I think, well, where would you put this in um, the Mike Riley era as a complete game, um, in the sense that, generally speaking, uh, we were um, in in control for most of the game. wasn't really in doubt too much. Uh, felt like the the team played a relatively complete overall game. Um, any any thoughts on that, Mac Boomer? I think this is ranks up pretty high up there. I, I'd say so. I, granted, the level of competition here was probably the worst we're going to see in the Big Ten, and I might even put Rutgers up against Illinois. Does anyone <laughs> know if they big... do they even play each other this year? That would be entertaining, if anything. It would least. be entertaining. I don't know. I'll have to look yeah, that up. I, the offense looked good. It was probably one of the best called uh, schemes I think we've seen out of Langsdorf so far this year. They were more efficient, yes. Yeah, they were efficient. It kind of had that balance, however you want to interpret that, I think, that we've been lacking for much of this season. Defense certainly clamped down outside of one really, really long Illinois drive, but even then it was a bend-don't-break sort of thing. They only got the field goal out of it, kept them out of the end zone. At least as far as this season goes, probably as good as we've looked. Yeah, for this season, no doubt. That's not even a question, I guess, in my mind. Mac, your thoughts? Yeah, it was the it was the right t- kind of game to have for the opponent that we were playing. You know, it was kind of the we were always in control. We looked like we knew what we were doing. We executed our offense and our defense, and and it looked like it should have. We probably could have scored a few more points, and then we did kneel on it at the end. So it's not like it, it wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. We 
but we executed the game plan. That was the most exciting thing for me about this game. It looked like we came out with the idea that we were going to, you know, fulfill Honky's requirements of a run-pass ratio. And we <laughs> did that, and by God, I think he's. I think he was pretty happy with this game. And so, to your 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 point, yeah. it was the efficiency of the offensive game plan and the execution of that game plan that allowed the run-pass ratio For sure. to stack out, which I think was, what, 38 rushes to 24 passes? Is that right, Honk? Right, yeah. Yep, yep. Honk, right. uh, what, uh, that made you happy? Well, sure. The, the win made me happy, and, and us looking like we have kind of an offense that, that works hand-in-hand hand with each other. I thought really a lot of the passing came out of play action, came out of some run looks at times when we run the ball well we can throw the ball better we still had some drops and we still had some and we had a drop in in the running game we had a fumble the first loss one so you know that you know there are some some negatives that came out of that but it in general it looked like kind of a cohesive game plan what didn't look like we were just throwing things at a wall and 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 hoping something stuck you know um to max point a little bit earlier you know we're it almost feels like we have to play a team like Wisconsin this weekend finally because we've beaten a, a couple of teams we don't we're supposed to. You know, I get it that Rutgers and, and, and Illinois are not the top teams in the in the country, but I don't think Northern Illinois is either, and, and we've seen, you know, the results of, of those true. games. So we've done what we were supposed to do. I think we've started to make some good steps towards writing ourselves, correcting ourselves, and on top of that, I don't think anyone can argue that we haven't made some improvement. And I mean, this is a better team that got them playing on Friday night than what we were seeing in the first parts of, of September. So what we were talking about earlier in, in, in our first shows of the season where we want to see improvement, we want to see progress, I feel good about that. Now it's time this week. It's Wisconsin week. It's time to, to see how far that progress has come against a team that's going to be top ten in the country. You know? Yeah, Hunk, actually, uh, did you uh, just launch a new uh, Twitter poll uh, to that effect of – uh, most improved part of the the Husker. Yep, uh, it just team. went live a few minutes ago. Uh, through the first five games, which area of the team has shown the most improvement? Offense, defense, special teams, or coaching? And I mean, I I think we already have a pretty good sense of of, of which one's going to be in first place. But but I, I guess before you just click defense, it is important to kind of think through, you know, where the offense has come from week one. Think about the special teams. We are starting to. You know, we were getting field goals blocked earlier on, and, and, and you know, personnel was barely catching some of the punts. And now look at where look at where we're at. We're, we're catching them all. We're making some decent returns. <laughs> we're making field goals. I mean, we're, we're doing the things that we need to do there. And, and the coaching-wise, I think, especially when I think of the defensive coaches, uh, what they've been doing to get uh, new players in there and, and rotate around and, and coach up freshmen like Ben Stilley out there and DeAndre Thomas – you know, I, I don't think it's just as simple as just clicking defense, although I, I click defense, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right. No, that sounds sounds good. Well, we're going to uh, get into a, a bit of a breakdown in Wisconsin this week, something we haven't done a whole lot with uh, our other opponents, but we're going to take the time uh, on this show to dive a little bit deeper into the Badgers. Uh, but first... Scoring Explosion, the offensive breakdown. All right, guys. Uh Offense was efficient this week, 28 to six. Could have scored a little bit more, as Max said. But uh, what what were your biggest, most positive outtakes uh, from the uh, the offense, Mac? Why don't we start with you? You want to start breaking uh, this down? Maybe start with the quarterback play. Yeah, I, I would. 
Well, actually, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to start with the offensive line just because I have been Always so start with the big guys. Good, good call, man. Good I, call. I have, been, I have been hard on the offensive line as of late, and uh, I thought this was this was one of their better games. And, and again, I'm going to say this one more time, and then I'm not going to say it anymore. I know we were playing Illinois, okay? I know that wasn't the best team out there. But all that being said, I'm talking about how we played another team, not that the competition. So I, I'm, I'm no, under no illusion that Illinois was great. I'm just looking at how our guys played them because I've seen us play not good against other teams that aren't great. So that's fair. To so say. I can so I can tell you that when I see them executing and when I see them getting bodies on bodies and making lanes for these guys, uh, I, there's there's been improvement. And Tanner's had more time to throw for sure. He's taking a little too much of that time, but he is he is getting <laughs> he is getting more time to do it. So yeah, they're well, starting it's... to get a flow of things um, and. And no one's making excuses. Everybody has injuries, but there's been a lot of shuffling on that right side too, with with freshmen, you know, redshirt freshmen, and then a senior who can't stay healthy either. So there's a, you know, when it all comes back together, I think the offensive line with some uh, additions with some health might be might might come along. I'm feeling good about them. So there's my offensive line. Yeah. Breakdown. Well, we well we had uh, Brendan Hymas uh, start uh, his second game of his career, and he'd probably play a little bit better against our probably a very young Illinois defensive front. Uh, also had second start by uh, Decker at center, and we've seen some pretty uh, dramatic improvement from that position as well. Honky, you did your uh, breakdowns on Twitter already, and uh, I think you called out Decker on a, on a couple of plays. Uh, what are your thoughts on the O-line? Well, yeah, um, I think it's definitely improving, and I talked about the last couple of weeks too about how just compared to where we would have been a year ago, We've had all the same injuries that we had a year ago, but we're just a, a year further along. We have more depth, and Hymas is is stepping into that right tackle role real nice. And I think Decker, I think he's he's our best center, uh, regardless if Conrad is healthy or not. I, I really like what Decker brings there. And there's some plays, some run plays where we're pulling him out the, outside, and uh, you know that's a hard thing to do for a center. So I mean, you're getting that snap, and you're pulling yeah. around, and you're lead blocking, yeah. And he's he's doing that pretty well. I think he found a home there. I really do. I do. I agree. Uh, you know, Max. It's interesting. Max made the point that he's wise. been hard on the. Uh, Max made the point he's been hard on the O line, but uh, I've been hard on Langsdorf, and I'll say on this game here, uh, I I was really pleased with what I saw. We were doing some different things where we were running the ball on second and long, second and six, second and ten doing you know so we're not as predictable running the ball in some down distances that maybe we weren't the first few weeks we were running with different personnel groups and some of that is because guys stepped up and one of the plays that uh we broke down today on on twitter there's a great run block by tyjon Lindsay. that's what we need yeah. we need guys like that we see you blocking it. yeah we we see you doing that and then you need a guy like gabe ron making a big catch you know you need those guys doing kind of the opposite of what they're known for so that we don't become so predictable when we line up with them on the field and then the last but not least i really liked how when we were running the ball we were turning around doing play action we were doing play action out of heavy sets we had you know we had max protection on one play and then we'd come out and did our very first empty set with no backs in the backfield and did that out of the shotgun and completed a, a first down pass out of it. So um, I really Lee, don't like those sets. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> I'll be. I mean, I'm not, either, I'm not run the football guy, but I hate the empty set. It's gross. It's too yeah. Florida for you me. You better get rid of it real quick. And and that Lee has did. to be successful every time for me yeah. to like that play. <laughs> I, I agree with you. And and 
And to Lee's credit too, man, that guy he started off six of eight in this game, and one of those one of those drops or yeah, one of the incompletions was a drop from from Morgan. So, I mean, he came out ready to play and hot, and and uh, I was pleased. Good stuff. You know, depth chart wise, you know, it seems like Coach Cab is kind of a traditionalist, likes his starting five. Here we are with uh, clear two, uh, clearly two uh, replacements that have come in. Actually, three now because of of the the right tackle uh, going through several. Uh, do you feel like uh, Conrad and and Neville have lost their positions as as starters, which is probably something you wouldn't expect from Cab, but it seems like they're being outplayed. I'll turn that question around. I'll ask any anyone else here. Do, does anyone want any changes made to the starting O line after what we've seen the last few weeks? Understanding who we played, but just yeah. but more about how we played. I, I, I don't know. How, I don't know good. his tendency on this. You know, I haven't been watching him long enough to know kind of what he would do in this situation because, he, like you said, Dave, he, he doesn't rotate a ton, and he's, he might be one of those guys who once a guy's healthy, he goes at, back in. But Honky's right. I mean, we look better now than we have all year so i would hate to i would hate to tinker with it too much he should know better than that i would think i hope yeah no it's just interesting uh especially even with um uh farniak uh you know i mean he was highly regarded and a lot of a lot of excitement to see him on the field too bad he got hurt right away but uh it definitely shakes up the depth chart going forward that should be some good battles for years to come with those guys uh just pretty interesting i think what changes what's changed the game right now potentially is Hymas because we've struggled to really find our tackles in this system. We kind of have had gates and then it's been a hodgepodge of everything else. And, and Neville's never really been it, but he kind of just has had that spot because there was no one else. Gaylord's never stepped into a position. We've kind of tried to make Conrad it, but he really wasn't. So let's move him in. And Farniak, they've talked about him from day one almost being a guard anyways, that they could move Farniak ah. in. That's kind of where they'd like him. So the Tackles point and is, centers both, Matt. Yeah, exactly. So they've really kind of struggled, and I feel like Decker and and, and Hymas right. have kind of settled in on two spots where, good Lord, if, if Decker ends up being the guy, let's say right. Decker really is the center. He's a sophomore. We could actually have a right. three-year center. I, when the when the heck's the last time we've had that? Is it Rayola? And then <laughs> and you go to right tackle, and, and Hymas, if he has kind of solidified himself there, if he has, sure. and it's, it's still early, but then you've got a freshman that can be the, in that spot for the next two or three years, and Gates obviously still has another year. I'm pretty sure he's not leaving early. So, you know, well, if he I mean, plays I, through Wisconsin and holds up even okay, He that's his job for the rest of the year, right? I mean, if he holds up okay against Wisconsin, which will be – that will be a test. You know, his toughest challenge. They're certainly not going to pull him for Ohio State. And are you going to let somebody who hasn't played much go in for Ohio State? He's got to perform. You know, there's. it's not really – it's not – we're not sued up for that, you know. <laughs> he needs to play well. That'll be a – but he is. He's playing okay. He's playing okay. But that'll, right, be, that'll be on Langsdorf, though, too. You know. It's true. We do have a freshman out there. We know how Wisconsin likes to come at him. So let's play it a little safe. You know, let's hope – we're not telling them any, anything they don't know, but, I mean, chucking it a bunch of times isn't probably a good call. Yeah, yeah. You know, as we go through this, uh, we can kind of sprinkle in a little bit of Wisconsin stuff. I know, Boomer, I know you've been looking up some, some stats or whatnot. Uh, this offensive line is probably going to get a lot of uh, different looks from that, that Wisconsin D, uh, which has gotten to 
the quarterback a lot this year, right? Yes, uh, they have. They average uh, about four sacks a game. So they're uh, currently ranked fourth in the NCAA for sacks per game. Yeah. Uh, for a comparison, we average <laughs> 1.6, which puts us at 90th. That's one of the, the largest Seems spreads low. between our rankings. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a worrisome stat. So that's one to keep an eye on this, this coming week. Do you have any well, better ones for us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> any ones yeah. where we look good and they look bad? Um, we can get to those a little bit. I, I don't have many. I'll it's just tell be you attendance. that. Yeah. From, from is, the stats, it's a bit lopsided. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tanner Lee's going to have to outplay Alex Hornerbrook. That's for certain. If we're going to expect to beat Wisconsin, he uh, did outplay Chase Crouch uh, on Friday night. That's for certain. Uh, looked really good in the first half, in particular, uh, as Honky pointed out, a couple of drops actually lowered his uh, uh, completion percentage by a fair amount. Uh, Three, four drops by Stanley Morgan uh, alone. Um, Guys, Tanner Lee, he he looked uh, as good as he has all year, right? Well, he had time in this game, finally, which he hasn't had in in weeks. Uh, Like McGuire said, almost like he has a little too much time in some of these situations, but I guess if it's there, you can take it. Why rush it if if, if you can wait a little bit in this case? Well, and and also, he wasn't chucking it up 40 plus times and that makes a difference in in terms of those those final numbers too um and i joked about it the other night it was like this great epiphany i had but i was like i'll stop bringing up run pass ratios if it doesn't affect the the win loss ratio and and we've the last couple games i think we we are all happy about probably the the ratio being a little more in in line with what we should be doing in the mid 20s to upper 20s for for passes will probably be around 40 you know for running running the ball i mean that's about the right ratio there and uh give or take a few and and the game can change how much that is a little bit too but i'm genuinely happy with with how that's breaking down right now and i think our our offense looks its best at that at the end of the day execution is important can't fumble can't throw interceptions all that good stuff but but at least I, i feel like we're kind of starting to create kind of a kind of an identity of what we want to be doing on offense now which is not throw the ball 45 times a game and I'm not the one again saying that that Riley has said that from the beginning he doesn't want to be that yeah you know I think to beat Wisconsin we're going to have to probably improve our our time of possession in some way right I mean one thing you can look at in that first half Illinois had a couple really long drives which really didn't give the offense a lot of plays Uh, when they had opportunities we scored on all three drives if I'm not mistaken so very efficient in the first half, but sure, you'd sure like to uh, get a few more snaps um, on the offensive side of the ball. Do you feel like uh, the offense could do anything to to help that out, I guess? Um, it, obviously, defense has to get off the field, but uh, uh, is a, a formula of, of beating Wisconsin having some sustained drives that really um, eat up some clock our, ourselves? I think that and I've said this for the last couple of weeks, but the next evolution of this offense will be uh, in part how Tanner handles the, the checkdowns. I think mm-hmm. once and, and the tight ends. We haven't seen – the tight ends got a little more play last week, um, but I'm, I, not even so much the vertical stuff. I'm talking about, like, you know, little hooks just over the middle, sitting down in the middle of a zone to allow us to move chains on. You know, once he can evolve into that and those guys – so everybody knows he loves Stanley Morgan – Everybody knows he loves DeMornay Pearsonell. They're almost sitting on those slant routes, and that's starting to scare me a little bit. So we need to we need to involve a few more of these people in the passing game. And, again, the running backs have shown ability out of the backfield. So that will be his next 
the, the next evolution, and that's what we're going to have to do against Wisconsin because as good as Tanner played this week, uh, he still he still looked down receivers for a long time. You know, and he put he put the ball in some maybe questionable windows that took kind of a perfect pass to do it, and uh, that's great and all when it works. But but this is Wisconsin, and they are live off turnovers. They create turnovers. I don't want to live that kind of game. You know, we need to be super smart with the ball. That'll be that'll be the t- that'll be the story of the game. Turnovers will be the story of the game. That's yeah. actually a really good good point. Uh, Mac uh, Boomer, I think you probably have a stat on that as well. Well, how many INTs does Wisconsin already have this year? Oh, I don't have INTs handy right offhand. I, I do have the like turnover seven. margin for games. If you give me a few minutes, I'll have that put together for you. I think it is um, seven. Surprisingly, yeah. the turnover margin, uh, Wisconsin's only averaging a .25 on the plus side for the season. We're at minus .4, so it's not hmm. a substantially large gap on the turnover margin. Um, I know they turned it over several times versus Northwestern this last week, and that, that certainly probably made that game a lot closer than it needed to be. Uh, but granted, when we have turned the ball over many times ourselves, that's a recipe for disaster, as we've seen. So you always want to limit yeah. those. That's it's typically a, a recipe for yeah. six points almost immediately. Sometimes. It seems to be that case, <laughs> you know? yes, very much so. Awful. Yeah. One of our best uh, best offenders this week was Hoppus, who uh, broke up a – Looked like a sure INT actually by Tanner in the yeah. third quarter, right? There was so. that, and I'm also just you know kind of playing off the line, just seeing the tight ends actually step up and catch passes like Hoppus. I mean, he had what two thrown to him, and he caught him, and one was for a touchdown. Yeah, he'd been dropping those in earlier games, he even, and he even took a targeting penalty yeah, for us. You did, and yeah, I don't I recall I don't recall the tight ends like missing any blocks egregiously like they had been doing in prior games. Anyone else notice any? Granted, I'd been mm. in the libations a little bit by that point. But. <laughs> Well, rewatching the game here, that we had a little different uh, alignment of what we were doing compared to say a week ago. We weren't doing nearly as much of those three receiver bunch sets and running to that side. We were doing two tight ends to one side, and then we were having two receivers to the other side, and they were kind of stacked. And we ran quite a bit out of that. That's the the Ozigbo touchdown run, that seventeen yard one, and we did it a number of different times. And we were doing some play action out of it too. So alignment-wise, it's changed a little bit what we, from what we were doing a week ago. I don't know how much of a difference that made, but, but it was at least a difference. I think one of the things, Dave, to your point about um, kind of just the, the, the time of possession and how, you know, what kind of game do we want to play against uh, uh, Wisconsin, the Illinois game went two hours and 54 minutes. It felt, if it felt like it went fast, it's because it went fast. I think that would be a recipe for, for something good for us this weekend. I don't think we want to turn this into a three-and-a-half, four-hour game because if we do, that probably means there's been turnovers and a lot of things stopping the clock, and more times than not, I'm going to say that's probably going to be bad for Nebraska and not Wisconsin. Sure. Just based off of our history. So if we're running the ball well, if we're running the ball early, successfully, and I think we all have kind of talked about that at nauseum at this point, what does that kind of mean, but not getting stuff for for zero yards on first down, and and also – doing enough to show that run early and then when we do throw it uh, off of that, that we, we do it giving some of the same looks. Man, we did some good play actions. That touchdown pass to Hoppus out of the eye formation, the roll, the yeah. the misdirection that Hoppus came across. I mean, it's just it really set play. itself up nice. That and again, play. that's on Twitter. That's one of our videos. It's just that's, that's where it's like building off of each other. Instead of it just being one random right. play, we throw it thirty, and then we hand it off, and then we do you know throw it again, and instead of it looking like the book, it was just, it was like we were just 
feeding off of each other, one play to the next to the next. It looked really good. And with the That's running the game too, Matt, to look, I was yeah. going to say, the like you said, we can't get nothing yards. We we got to get at least two or three. You know, on those we can't have zero. You know, rushes for zero yards. Got to get two. Got to get at least two or three at the beginning. Mm-hmm. For one, otherwise Langsdorf gets scared. You know, if we don't yeah. get anything on him, he'll get scared, and that that can't happen. You know, so we've got to be at least good at the beginning, and those will get bigger as the game goes on. But we've get, those those tackles in the backfield have to stop this week. That'll be a horrible sign. The the offensive lines held the line of scrimmage pretty decently mm-hmm. now for the last couple of weeks. Again, we all know that, but and we've seen the three four enough now that it won't be completely scary. But we've got to we've got to be consistent and and, and focus on running the game. Yeah, I. You know, the zero-yard runs at the beginning on a first down, that's the equivalent of a, of a first down incompletion, too. And we can't have those, right? Well, exactly. And and, and you go back to For this sure. last game, and instead of having the 17 incompletions a game, like I mentioned a week ago, where we were ranked 116th in the country, instead of that, we have Tanner coming out completing six of eight right away. We came out running, other than the very first play of the game, outside of that, we actually came out running pretty successfully right away. Granted, Illinois versus Wisconsin, but the point is that is that's got to be the game plan. We've got to be able to come out and control some clock, you know, get some positive yardage, not throw a bunch of incompletions that put us in the second and tens too. I mean, it, it's got to work together, but that's that's the formula there offensively. Yeah, I don't want to see us taking any shots either early in the drive. Let's just grind out a drive. I feel like we take sure. shots so early in these drives, and it just kills it. They, they, you know, there's a time and a place, but the first drive, yep. if we ever hit them, I'd say, yeah, keep doing it. Those are awesome. But yep. we never hit them. So let's just chill out with that, dump that one <laughs> down to a back, and get a first down, and we'll just keep moving the chains. No, I hate these YOLOs. Yep. They're, it's a waste yeah, of time. Yeah, I think it's a good call, Mac. I agree. I mean, so speaking of the wide receivers here a little bit, I think it's the last thing we should touch on for uh, the offensive breakdown. We already mentioned the drops by Stanley. But overall, where you thought it was a good performance, DB had a great touchdown. Um, Lindsey did get in the act a little bit. JD Spillman was a little quieter than he has been, but you know, with Morgan back, I guess there's not as many balls to go around. Any um, hot takes on these guys? That Demorne continues to get better each week. I know that's weird to say because he's a senior, but I mean, this is really his first full-time action where he's been healthy for a while. I, I'm starting to see a lot out of that guy. He's it's almost sad, you know, that this is the kind of the final year of it. But I, he's he's good. I think feels it, like we should have another year with him. Yeah, right. he's good. And and you know, Spielman, you're right, quiet, but that guy's coming on too. But man, I Demorne personnel. I'm I'm happy that I'm happy that he's healthy and having a year. I mean, as the Big Ten season unfolds, man, maybe he gets a bigger role in it. I I hope he does because he's been he has been pretty sure-handed. I don't recall a lot of drops by DPE. Morgan's had a few this year. Yeah. I know he's been tor- targeted a bunch more, but it felt it feels like, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, it felt like DPE's been pretty reliable this year. Yeah, and I don't know. This doesn't necessarily specifically talk about wide receivers, but it talks about the passing game at least. I think we've been our at our most successful out of the I formation with that personnel group in the passing game. I, I you pretty much have your top two receivers, then you have your tight end. And then I show a play uh, today on one of the videos where the fullback goes into the flats and the uh, the wide receiver, it's uh, Morgan, does a slant right off of it. The fullback, by going out into the flats, takes the outside linebacker and right on time we throw a slant yeah, right a behind the uh, 
the the uh, outside linebacker. It's like he clears the the slant lanes up for uh, Morgan. I there was a play that we did that I haven't seen us do until this last game, where again out of the I formation, it's where they had Lindsey go into motion and then he stops, turns back around, and that's where oh, we yeah. threw the little screen pass out to Lindsey. It's yeah, actually, Dave and I were talking about that at the game. And I thought, and I thought that was a checkdown. And Dave said, "Are you sure that wasn't intentional?" And at the time, I was like, "No, it's a checkdown." I was super happy, you know. <laughs> and then, I, and then I'm rewatching the game. Like, damn it, that was that was how he drew it up. Oh well. <laughs> and, and you and you know what? That actually that play, if you watch it again, if Lee just looks at the linebackers just for a little bit, looks actually downfield instead of straight at Lindsey, if he just makes that linebacker freeze for a second or two. That, that could have been a big, big play. So, I mean, just – and there's also opportunities, I think, to do a YOLO bomb out of that now that we've shown it. I think you can do Absolutely. a fake and then there's a receiver out there or tight end, I think, on that side that could have gone out. So, point is, you're seeing things like that develop too. And, and uh, I, I mean, so it's, just, it's Honk, looking better. Uh, to, to kind of wrap this up a little bit, uh, so it seems like from a, a play-calling standpoint and a scheme – we saw some stuff on Friday night that we hadn't really seen. A little bit more creativity overall. Do you feel like this that's something that they it just took this long to get going, or was it because the opponent was that bad and they were able to execute just basic plays better, so they be able to to get more creative as they went? Well, what resulted in that happening on Friday night, and will that actually happen again on Saturday against Wisconsin? Well, I think it's probably a combination of what Mac and I have been kind of arguing over, you know, with the run-pass ratio stuff for a while here. If you look at the Oregon game, probably why we didn't do that in that game was it just got blown up for a number of reasons. That game just got weird early. Um, This type of game against Illinois is what I would have liked to have seen against Northern Illinois, that style. Like, in the you know, in the first half against Northern Illinois when we were just seeming like we were throwing it every other play – that was a frustrating moment for me, but but we're not doing that right now. So I guess I'm going to – it's one of the reasons I go back to our Twitter poll. I actually see growth in our offense right now because I go back to that that first half of the of the Northern Illinois game to me is the dark moment of this season. Like I – offensively, I did not like what we were doing, let alone the fact that there were some picks, you know, pick sixes. I just didn't like what we were doing. But we're not – we feel – it feels like we are light years away from that. To your point, is it because Illinois is terrible? Maybe, but Northern Illinois was not great either. So, um, I, I see, I do see a lot of growth there. All right, yeah, I hear you. All right, uh, Boomer, Mac, anything else you guys want to wrap up on uh, scoring explosion? Uh, just a quick touch on the running back situation uh, because mm. it's a, I guess it's a no go on Trey Bryan again, which is a real bummer because I feel like uh, our offense looked the best when he was in there. I do like the two-headed monster we have going on right now, but it also sounds like Mikhail's got a hurt ankle. So, Jalen Bradley is going to get, <laughs> Calling get some Jaylen extra work. Bradley. He's going to get some extra work this week in practice. I like everything about this kid. So, I mean, let's just throw caution to the wind. All right, let's get him in there. I'd like to see minimum 10 touches this week. It'd be great if we actually broke broke a long one. This I know week. I mean, he, that would make he's the, he's the lone like game breaker type in the backfield right now. Zigbo has done it on occasion, but it's always fluky. Uh, Mikhail, I don't think he's got a high enough top end, and plus he doesn't hit the hole hard enough. But I think Jalen's got enough of it to break one. That would be sweet. But he's going to have to play two straight weeks. Let's have the uh, the Big Ten. Uh, 
freshman of the week be from the great state of Nebraska. I'd love it. That's and he's right. a Nebraska boy, so you know he'll know how bad we need to win against Wisconsin oh, and yeah. how sweet it would be if we could put some long runs on them boys. We've and got Dave, some yards to catch up. And Dave, yes. before we before we get done with the scoring explosion, I just want to throw out one last just an idea here. I'd like I'd like to see maybe if Langsdorf is listening to us, do we have a wildcat formation? Do we have an opportunity just a couple plays a game? Doesn't have to be the whole thing, but you know, can we get a, a DP or somebody in there of running mobile threat for a few plays here or there? I think when we get to talking about Wisconsin here, we saw some things that Thorson and uh, was able to do and, and and a mobile QB just on a couple of plays here or there. Do we have that in the offense? I'm just I'm curious. We haven't seen. Well, it we yet. do know that the the red cast gets results, as Boomer likes to say. So if we pull this one off and we get some wildcat, that would be very impressive. And it, this is the yeah. week, guys. If Our influence if is growing. If they were holding anything back, this is the week. That's right. You know, it, we, you. We, everything. It almost feels like everything we've done this off season was kind of the build up to beat a Wisconsin. You know, to you know, we go you know, we Well Riley is notorious for uh, Boomer, maybe you could look this up real quick uh here and, and come back on killer. this one. But Riley's always always seems to upset a, you know, one one team when he was at Oregon State where he had no business beating them and he Yeah, like and, Wisconsin. He beat him. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. a night game. Memorial Stadium. It's a night game. One here, yeah. It does happen. That's right. We also don't lose it at home at night uh, often, that's for certain. It's been a long time. So it's right, interesting guys, to uh, see if there's any new wrinkles this week. There's almost got to be some new wrinkles. Any predictions on new wrinkles? Is, are you calling a wildcat? That's Honky's what Hockey's asking for. And we're we're going to have a wildcat at some point. I predict more of a fly sweep game with J.D. Spielman. Are you predicting a successful fly sweep game I'm with saying J.D. Spielman? Because I expect to see it. I don't know if it's going to be successful. Yeah, I don't know either. That's probably actually Wisconsin's <laughs> probably a wrong team for that. They see that. Yeah, they see that. They all see the that all the time. Themselves. Scratch that. Tight end play. All right, let's the tight ends. Take that, Troy Fumagalli. All right, guys, let's call that a scoring explosion. Good work, guys. Throw the bones. The defensive breakdown. And next on the Go Big Redcast, throwing the bones. Our defensive breakdown. And we're going to be including special teams in that right now. Boomer, you're our special teams analyst, essentially. Kind of quiet uh, on that front this week, but maybe that's a good thing. Uh, what do you, what do you thought of special teams against Illinois? It was a quiet week. Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot going on either side of the ball. I, granted, there were no turnovers, so that's always a plus. I think we did force a lot of punts from Illinois. I believe they punted five times in that game. We only really managed about one return, so it wasn't a really productive uh, punt return game as far as that quiet. goes. Yeah, it was definitely light, quiet. Lightbourne uh, pin Illinois in the, inside the 10 uh, at all this time? Um, I don't believe he did either, but they did, Illinois managed no returns at all in the game either, so it was ah. pretty... I guess efficient day. It wasn't really exciting one way or another. Uh, granted, we didn't need the help per se in this game. Now that is something we can certainly, probably will need against Wisconsin. I know you'd mentioned, or one of you, I believe, was Mac asked earlier. Are there any stats that we do actually lead Wisconsin in? And surprisingly, uh, special teams is about the only bright area, you know, stat-wise hmm. versus Wisconsin. We do Set actually set it up for you, Michael. Yeah, you really did actually. We do actually outclass them quite extensively in kickoff returns and uh, holding uh, opponent kickoff returns much shorter. 
Uh, punt return yards per attempt is a bit higher than Wisconsin. Punting yards per attempt were a little bit better, not extensively. And field goals are a little bit better than Wisconsin as far as average goes. So Their kicker is very heavy. He is, yes. yeah. He's, he's had a lot of cheese curds, I think. He, so He's beaten us before, though, right? Same oh, guy. yeah. Well, yes, but yeah. let's not get into that, Dave. So. Yeah, just, just saying, just saying. That's interesting, Michael. That would be – this seems like one of those games that something can turn on a – you know, like a, a special team. Yeah. And it'd be nice if it was Oh, us. absolutely, yeah. You if, know. This is, if this is our statistical advantage against them, they, we really need to This is your. This is what you do, here. Michael. Or Boomer, you bring up this stuff and things happen. And, oh, so let's hope it does here. No, I got a lot of hope time now. for DPE to break D- another one and set up our offense for, <sighs> for success. And he's done that to him, too. That was, that was one of the games we kind of got back was after one of his returns, wasn't it? I believe so. I don't or a play that he made. It might not have been a return, but we still ended up losing <laughs> but he made it. He made it close. We got to stop. Doing yeah. That. Point is, a DP or JD uh, return, either punt or kick, uh, could go a long ways in uh, neutralizing some Wisconsin advantages in other statistical areas. So um, let's let's keep an eye out on that uh, going forward on Saturday. All right. Uh, defensively, guys, with the uh, throwing the bones breakdown, we kept the Fighting Illini at 199 yards. Uh, total uh, of offense, so it's another stellar performance by Bobby D's defense. It felt like Illinois, you know, they had two long drives in the first half, but they really didn't amount to much. Uh, they got two field goals. Uh, defense got uh, uh, at least one turnover with that pick at the end of the first half, even though it was kind of uh, uh, not really that important. But overall, solid statistical performance. Got after the quarterback again. Run D looks stout. Uh, had some stars showing there again. Uh, Honky, what was your initial takes on the D? Well, yeah, to your point there, they have certainly uh, started to, I think, move up the statistical rankings. I mean, after the uh, the Oregon game, we were 122nd in total defense, and right now we're 34th. So that's a heck of a move up here in the last three weeks. Um, and holding How does that com- team. What's that? How does that compare versus uh, Wisconsin's defensive ranking, Boomer? Uh, they're number four. So number yeah. four? Yeah, that's oh, that's wow. not good. Yeah. So that's pretty good too, though. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. But where do they start? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we got them there. Big deal. We won't be any worse. Anyway, than, yeah, we won't be any worse than the second best defense on the field uh, on Saturday. But, that's right. That's right. Uh, but you know, we also had the. Uh, we mentioned him earlier, I think, the Big uh, Big Ten Frosh of the Week from Ashland, Nebraska, Ben Stilley, and he is essentially almost a starter right now. I mean, he was playing a lot. He got pressure off the QB with his hand on the turf. He he was getting pressure uh, standing up. Uh, he was just making plays, and that's a kid that's going to get out there a lot more, and so that was great to see. thought Cedric Matt, King had can I ask you a question best. about that? What's that? About Cedric King. Can mm-hmm. I ask you a question about that? It, still, he's playing the position that Cedric King is, right? I believe so. Yeah, it, it looks like that. That so I mean, position. like he's in for him when he's playing. Correct. Yeah, I didn't not see on the any field situations together. when they're both on at the same time. Right. Okay. Because to exactly your point, I've been watching this, them all year, and Cedric King has never really flashed in front of my eyes at all. Ben still, he's been playing for like two weeks now, and everybody's noticed him. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's. That's he's, interesting. He's flat yeah. out made made plays there. There's no doubt about that. But even King, Alex this week, Davis is probably not seeing as much playing time. Correct. Well, you know he, but he's getting out there too. And I, I saw there was a good he's bull rush. 
they had a good bull rush out of freedom. It, it seems like they kind of had these different defensive line groups that they put out there. So I kind of like that. I, I do. I mean, they'll be like Khalil and, and DeAndre will be out there, and, and, and sometimes they're in the four and sometimes they're in the three-man yeah. front. And then when they do, they might have Freedom and Alex outside of those guys. But then, you know, on a on a, any other given play, you've got Stoltenberg in the middle with, with yeah, right. know, Davis. And it's a it's lot hard. of rotation. They're getting a of, yeah, lot of guys of, out there. Perella like, yeah, is, different player formation. That's and yeah. I've never seen him do that before. Or I've never seen a defensive line do that somewhere. It's almost like wide receiver packages. Yes. The way they bring them in or their dime, you know, their de- and it's cool that we apparently have enough athletes, you know, let's we're going to talk about talent that we can go that kind of deep and that kind of different rotation to make it more and they're getting better. Yeah. Coach Perella, yeah. man, he's he's earned his money and For sure. I think you know, again as we get to talking about Wisconsin here and you know, in that that segment um, it's going to be hard to run on these guys. This is a we're legit on the front. Our front seven's playing really well right now, and I'm not. Well, we'll find out, but I think yeah. you're yes. right. Yeah, I, this we need to play a team like Wisconsin to prove it for good. Right. But when we'll, you're holding yep. teams like this under under 200 total yards, we've been holding teams under 100 rushing yards. We're just we're really stout up front, and again, it's the same guys that that were playing a year and two years ago against this same Wisconsin team and doing pretty well against the run in the last two years. So that's what gives me a lot of hope about it not just being who we were playing. It's true. It's these guys, and I think they're getting, I think they're getting coached up well, and I think yeah. the scheme is starting to, to catch up with them. We're six we, we games can't in the let season them get ahead of us too much. You know, we can't let them get ahead of steam, and that's going to be a big part of it. If, yep. they can, if they can run and run and run, we're in, some, we're in for a world of hurt, you know, yep. on Saturday. But I think – yeah, Matt, you're right. The, the defensive line looks looks the part. I mean, they're playing nasty. I feel like they're controlling the line of scrimmage for the most part. And the Davis boys are getting more and more destructive. I, and, I've been really impressed with those guys. So, it'll, yeah, Carlos and Gahill are really making a difference. See we'll see how the rubber hits the road this this Saturday. But I feel like I, I saw Northwestern hold up the. I mean, they, Wisconsin didn't just kill Northwestern no. right away. They were, There's they a stat. There's a stat we can look up. Actually, I think I saw that uh, Boomer confirmed that. I, I think Northwestern held Wisconsin's rush game down to like a hundred and it was like a hundred and nine yards or something. It was not a big. Total oh yeah, it was yeah, really it was a low this meager week. total. I'll have the numbers here for you in mm-hmm. one second. And, and uh, a lot of Wisconsin rushing rushed for 109 yards against Northwestern. Of course, the downside is Northwestern only managed 25 rushing yards against Wisconsin. <laughs> so yeah. if, if you hold a team to 25 rushing yards, you can rush for about whatever you want, I think. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Justin Jackson's a good running back, and so 25 that's... yards is not, not a good stat. No, but that's not good. Yep. My, my point was is Wisconsin didn't, didn't have a great run game versus Northwestern, so mm-hmm. that's that's got some promise for us. And then as we move – as we move back from the D line, you get into the linebackers. Obviously, Giffords—we've been talking very highly of him the last few weeks, and he's—he's he's just been a really consistent player for us. This week's game, I thought—I thought Young, uh, Deon, or, yeah, Young and uh, yeah. and uh, Weber and Muhammad Barry came Barry. in. Man, he—he yeah. he laid a big hit. One of the videos uh, today on Twitter, he laid a big hit on that that the quarterback, and I didn't notice the quarterback trying to run a lot after that. I don't know if there's any correlation. But so Will Barry's one of those career. guys who's getting a lot better as he's becoming more comfortable because he's athletic and he's fast, but he's been playing, you know, he's playing a little slow as he's kind of diagnosing. And he's getting, you know, you can tell he's starting to fly a little bit. 
He's going to get better as the game goes on. That's where Weber is playing so well. I think he yes. diagnoses so fast that he gets on play quick. So there was a tackle that Weber got in the backfield right on the. It was a handoff, and he just shot around the D end and just mm-hmm. took him down. It was, yeah, it was, it was awesome. The corners we we had a couple corner blitzes in this game, the and corners. I hadn't seen as much of that the first few weeks. So I think that's getting more comfortable. And so now we're moving back into the secondary, and I think we're seeing better play there out of the corners. Um, Chris Jones is practicing, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be playing this week. Um, and really? Did I see this right? Did Kalu actually drop on the on the uh, depth he's chart? He's listed, listed behind Reed, so I don't know what to tell you on that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't know that how. could just make him the nickel, or you know, it's, it's hard to say. Like he's probably not ready, ready, but man, he seems ready on the sideline. I tell I you what, one thing that I, I, I'm consistently seeing a problem with, and I, I don't want to keep hammering on it, but Lamar Jackson still is a terrible tackler. As yes. I just, I he consistently gets beat, and that's okay, not ever. But I mean, with with guys <laughs> on Wisconsin. It won't just be an extra five, six yards after that. They will score after that if you miss tackles with these guys. Yep. And it's it's and they'll it's become enough him. now. I feel like that's sort of his deal. Yep. And again, I don't feel like he's good enough in coverage to warrant that kind of liability as a tackler. So <clears throat> if the faster we can get Chris Jones back or Kalu back, and maybe I like the Caprio Boodle. I mean, I think I think he's I think he plays pretty physical and he's fast and I, he's getting better. So I have no problem with that kind of alignment too. But Lamar's is there any had chance that Clue goes better. goes back to cornerback uh, because Reed's got the position locked down? And well, safety? it gives you the flexibility too. It certainly makes sense. You know, like if you're always talking about getting the best guys on the field, then it makes yeah. sense if you've got a guy playing better, let him be, and you don't want to waste Kalu, and and your other cornerbacks aren't doing anything to say, hey, no, we've got these spots on lock. No way. I mean, it makes good sense to me. To kind of experiment with that idea, uh, yeah. I mean, Kieran Williams and Aaron Williams and Reed at safety don't seem to be a a bad trio to have. So if that right. allows you to move a clue back to where he was, and he was a more physical corner to begin with, that there could be potential for that, especially in in this game for sure. Uh, yeah, because I agree with you, Mac. I think the way that Jackson tackles specifically in the run game. That would almost be a game plan for Wisconsin right now. Is I would I would run the direction that he's oh, in. Oh, I know I would where I to, would point it. Sure, you betcha. I would. And, you whether, betcha. and they do fly sweeps, by the way, because you know they run a lot yeah. of the same scheme that 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 we do. They will find ways to get outside of the tackles, and and they will they'll target him. So that I, that's a great point about Kalu and maybe having now, some. Do you guys see what I see when when he plays? Do you see him missing tackles? Do you know what I'm talking yes. about? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. when you see that. And the way he's missing them, does that come off to you as a guy who doesn't like contact or doesn't know how to tackle properly? You know, what I mean? is it a toughness thing or is it a is it a he's he, he's new to the position because he is new to defense. You know, he wasn't in tackling is kind of a something you learn over time. He played mostly offense in high school, so this is sort really? of really yeah. So I mean, is is he is he unwilling to be physical? Or is he not really sure how to do that? And can we coach that out of him? To coach tackling, you gotta you gotta coach tackling. You gotta do it in practice. And so, I don't know how much that we've done that, honestly. And and that probably to your point, him being a quarterback all the way through his junior year, and then playing safety his senior year, 
and right. and just being you know a four star talent, but that he'll just yeah, naturally he just, he'll just, he just naturally just transition to somebody and bring him down. Yeah, you grab on and you pull him down. Yeah, sure. I mean, no, you've got, and and some of the tackles that he's missed that have been the most frustrating ones have been the ones along the sideline where it's literally you just got to push the guy out of bounds down yeah. here. And he, he's he's terrible he's with stiff just, arms. You know, yeah. he, just, he gets he gets beat by him all the time, and he's so long you wouldn't think that they could. So it's it's weird, but but if it's a toughness thing, man, that's a problem. But I don't know. I'm not willing to say that completely. I don't like to call football players weak in general. Nobody out there is a you know scared. Yeah, I hear you. I you just, know, but yeah, I think it's intriguing to see how this how this plays out this week because if this is the time. If there was a time ever to move Kalu back to corner, this is the game, right? Um, especially if Jones isn't healthy yet. I mean, ideally, you get Jones and Kalu. I mean, that's, I guess we're, we're saying, Honky, you're saying front seven looks awfully good. Could you, I, I would feel like if you had the two Williams and Reed with Kalu and Jones, you'd be feeling pretty good about the secondary all of a sudden too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, and and I just don't understand depth. why they wouldn't go ahead and do that if that's your best best set back there right but i don't know if they're gonna do it yeah well and right now well, we there don't could know. be some question with kalu though yeah i mean switching him to corner yeah th- there could be some transition there even though he has played it before and also if he's got a hamstring you know that's a position that runs a lot too so i don't know if it's just a great idea to throw him out there and have him sprinting most of a game either sure. so All right. th- there Good could point. be some transition that they're thinking about as well there right but but in my mind, in my PlayStation mind, I would just go do 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 do, and uh, have this lineup perfect, you know. So when Jones comes back, do you feel like uh, Lamar stays uh, starting, it and it's Eric Lee that drops back, or no, it's I, Lee that starts and I, Lamar would go? I mean, if I, I, I mean, I can only go off of what I would do in, in that position, but I would absolutely have Lee be opposite of. Uh, of a Jones. Well, speaking and of the Illinois I, game, I Lee looked Lee pretty Boodle. skittish. Lee looked pretty skittish on a couple of uh, deep passes where he got pass interferences, though, right? I mean, he didn't have a great day on Friday. No, Lee is struggling a little, I think. But uh, I, I don't know. He's a willing tackler, though. He's physical. That's what sure. I like about Lee. You know, he he will he will stick his nose in there and hit. He's just not always so technical with his positioning you know he seems to get beat by kind of simple stuff boodle on the other hand i feel like is a real real fiery guy a real contester and uh he might just be a little bit undersized to be completely effective but maybe not i don't know be interesting to see i but i would be willing to give both of those two a really long hard look over lamar jackson right now if jones was man in the other corner you know so for sure i hear you Boomer, is there any Wisconsin offensive stats that um, they might be trying to exploit uh, this this defense on? You know, anything from a I don't know run run pass ratio or something like that. You know, <laughs> uh, well, I don't know about the ratio. I think uh, they play the kind of game that Honky likes to see uh, a little more run heavy with uh, passing in between. Uh, one of the stats that did kind of stand out to me just looking at them was they're actually way more efficient as a passing team. They're, they completed about 66% of their passes, which is kind of what we were all hoping Lee'd be able to do, be over that 60%. And they average uh, just a little under 10 yards per pass attempt, and we're just about 6.7. So they do pass well. They pass efficiently. 
And I think it's definitely something we need to need to certainly be aware of going forward in this game. It's not just going to be running the ball. It's they're going to be able to, or they're certainly going to try to have those pass plays that blow something open, whether it's a screen or a, you know, sure. slant outside, something like that. I think we're really going to have to be aware of that and watch for that. Or, you know, especially if uh, Fumagalli is ready to play, we're really going to have to watch that tight end. Yeah, very, very true. Mac, uh, any thoughts on that at all? No, Honky. I think Mike nailed it. <laughs> all right. All right, anything else, guys, on defense before we move on to uh, Wisconsin breakdown? Play with discipline. You know, that's the only thing you can do against a team like this. And we have been doing that better. Just keep progressing. Play with discipline. Hey, if, if they uh, perform anything like they have the last yeah. couple of weeks. Nothing uh, big. Statistically. You know, if they yeah, make them earn big, it, that's our best gonna chance. They're going to make them earn it. I mean, look at uh, our past failures versus Wisconsin. Huge chunk plays. Yeah. So that's been their, uh, Yeah, that has been yep. their recipe to destroy us. Yeah, not, not just, yeah, just beat, not beat us, us. Destroy us. Destroy us. And... To, I mean, Riley's lost both games to, to Paul Chris, but uh, have generally been able to f- avoid that, where that was Pelini's downfall yeah, they're both, Wisconsin. They were both a score, you know. One, I mean, it, that, we could oh, have a completely yeah. different history with Wisconsin right now. Yeah. Just very yep. little, but very little going right, you know. <laughs> we could have a completely different history right now. Or feeling about this game. All right, guys. Uh, let's call that a throw in the bones, and we'll be back with... Uh, the breakdown in Wisconsin. You're listening to the Go Big Redcast. And now, Scarlet Colored Glasses. All right, guys, we're moving on in the Go Big Redcast, and let's uh, throw it over to Boomer for some trivia. Trivia time. All right. Uh, I, I believe all the Redcasters uh, should be well aware that uh, Wisconsin is the uh, alma mater of uh, Nebraska's greatest coach, uh, Ewald Jumbo Steam. Uh, <laughs> that actually uh, raised the question to me. Uh, what school actually has provided the most head coaches for uh, the University of Nebraska? So that's the question to everyone listening today. Uh, what uh, is the alma mater of, uh, that provided the most coaches for University of Nebraska out of our 32 head coaches that we've had? Football coaches, obviously. So just head coaches. Correct. Head coaches. Yes, head coaches. Well. Is it safe to just remove Nebraska as an option? Everything can be an option. Well, Nebraska so could be an I'll option. I'll say Nebraska could be a trick first. question. Well, let's not, let's not, uh, let's think through as a oh, okay. team here, Honk, instead of like Sorry. just, you might be right. But, I mean, we could, Michigan might be an option. I know we've gotten some Michigan guys to come in here, right? Um, so Riley's Alabama and yeah. Callahan was like Eastern Illinois. Uh, Pelini right. was Ohio state. Uh, Solich was Nebraska. Osborne was Hastings. Devaney was Alma college. And you get back into like, when you get to, um, Jennings, he would have been, I, Oh man, I don't know if he was Oklahoma. We had a, a there was a Stanford. Pete guy Elliott was a Michigan guy, right? And didn't we have a few other Michigan guys way early? Scott Frost will be a Nebraska guy. <laughs> oh! JK, JK. Oh! <laughs> Going on that future route, trivia. Yeah, it is. For future trivia. So, someday, My Scott guess Frost is may be a head coach in Nebraska. Wayne State. <laughs> Boom. So the Wayne problem, State College. Knowing that these are Boomer asking the questions, you know it's like the three coaches some, that are from like the 1910s. And, it'll and, be some Jesuit school. 
you know. <laughs> it had a cannon. Grinnell. Yeah. Peru All right, states, it was actually Peru from states, the ship they came over in. <laughs> Peru State's the Monkey, oldest uh, I mean, school I think, in the state, so maybe that. We could take take Nebraska. I mean, that's a safe bet. You want to do that? I'll, I'll do that as a safe bet, and then if it's not, maybe we can have one other guess, but Nebraska. All right, well, my other guess is, is Michigan, so let's do Nebraska first. Yes or no, Mike Boomer? Uh, the correct answer is, in fact, Nebraska. I'd give you guys props on that. Can you name the uh, coaches? I'll give no. you there, – there are four total coaches that we've had from uh, University of Nebraska. There was Bonus points if you can name them. There was All the Nebraska men, and we know that. Correct. Yeah. From well, the 500-mile radius or actually <laughs> Nebraska. Yeah. Solich. And I'm not counting Marnie Cotton as interim coach. So. No. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> there was Solich. There was a coach like in 19 19- – 45 or 6 or something, and he was here for, like I think, like one season or, or maybe – gosh, I don't know if it was in the mid-50s. But he came here – he was here for one season. He came here from Stanford, and he was supposed to be the savior. And then well, – that sounds he's from Stanford. And he just fizzled out, but he was only here for like a year. And I can't think of the guy's name. But, but he was uh, he's not from Nebraska, so it's irrelevant. No, he was, from, no, he was from Nebraska. He was coaching at Stanford. The alma mater is oh. Nebraska, yes. Oh, I but I, I thought we were asking alma uh, – he was coaching, right, Stanford, coaching he was Stanford, from Nebraska. He was from Nebraska. Okay. Well, anyway, trivia time. Just go ahead and wrap <laughs> this up. We're, we're a disaster right, right now. Yeah, the uh, the other three are uh, Glenn Presnell, Adolph J. Lewandowski, and uh, mm. Bernie Masterson, all coaches in the 40s, all Bernie. terribly, terribly unsuccessful for the most part. Bernie so, Masterson. So, uh, ah. yeah, the history of Nebraska man coming back to be head coach hasn't, hasn't been great, no. Weekend at Bernie And Masterson. I would say, Dave, uh, Michigan and Illinois are tied for number two with uh, three head coaches each. Uh-huh. So Michigan would have been an excellent follow-up. Uh, Michigan coaches were uh, Pete Elliott, only here for a year, uh, yep. Henry Schulte, and uh, Charles Thomas, way back in 1895. Henry Schulte, though. Yes. Of Schulte Fieldhouse fame. Correct. Look at that. Nice. Interesting. Boom. Nice Good job. stuff. Good job, Michael. All right, let's head into the breaking down Wisconsin. You know, we've been kind of throwing some stats out and, and a bit of a breakdown as we went, but uh, I think the – the bottom line is, is what do we expect Wisconsin to to try to attack us with on Saturday night, and how can Nebraska? Um, what, what's the recipe for success for the Cornhuskers? Honky, you want to start this? Yeah, I mean, well, first off, we better come ready with the the pads strapped on and tight. It's going to be a physical game, and and we know that, right? Uh, they're going to come out and they're going to try to run the football from play one and I, what have they been averaging 15 to 20 passes a game whatever it is they yeah. only threw it 19 right times against BYU but completed 18 of them um, against Northwestern and Dave you and I watched that game together in Denver um, they were just sloppy for the first half Wisconsin really was they, they were putting were. the ball on the ground on the very first play they they completed it to Jazz Peavy their senior wide receiver and he fumbles it and Northwestern had the ball right away i mean we would love to have that that same kind of start um but i just i get the feeling just because it's nebraska we're gonna get their best shot and they're not gonna fumble the ball around um they've run the ball uh jonathan taylor is their freshman running back 517 yards i think he mac were you saying does he lead the the big 10 he leads the big 10 yeah Really? And then over Barkley. The, over Barkley, and yeah. averaging 7.8 yards a carry that's pretty Dang. legitimate seven touchdowns and even, I mean, his long is only like 60-some, so it wasn't like he's been breaking off monsters, so it's pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. He's 
He's good. Yeah, well, Chris we weird. Wisconsin's got a good so. running back. Um, they've got bizarre. a couple. They got Chris James. That's the transfer from Pitt. And then yeah. of course you can't go too far without also talking about the tight end, and that's Fumagalli, who was out against um, Northwestern, but he's back. Supposedly he's going to be back this week. Now he has a hamstring issue, so that could be, you know, kind of a, a sketchy thing for him too. So and that's that's Hornybrook's favorite target is Fumagalli, even with one game less played. Um, I, I'd, I'd sense that he's kind of uh, Hornibrook's safety net, right? The guy he's going to you know, look to uh, when no one else is, is covered. So that's going to be a, an important mm-hmm. matchup. And his health being in question at all is, is not good for Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Now, Hornibrook, he's a left-handed QB, so his the backside pressure is going to come from, from the right on him, which is going to be different. It's just going to look a little different when you're watching the game. Uh, Hornerbrook is not someone that's just going to come off the screen wowing you. I mean, he doesn't have this great huge arm, and gosh, he's weird in the pocket sometimes, kind of sidesteps things and doesn't really he's step into passes. He's got choppy feet. He's choppy always moving feet. in there. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, he's got a knee brace on his knee, and he looked he like he was a hobbling dude against uh, Northwestern, to be honest with you. I think he's a guy that if we can get them in some some second and third and longs, and if they have to throw the ball the way our D-line's been playing, I think we can get some pressure on them. I really do. Um, having said that, I'm not trying to call the guy out as being a bad QB because, as I mentioned earlier, he completed 18 of 19 passes against BYU, so he's got to be doing something right. But I, I'll tell you, I think there's an opportunity in this game, especially if we can kind of play an ugly game with them. I think we can keep them down into the, the 15 or less point range. And everything we've talked about their defense is I still don't know if that's enough to win it, but I think we can hold them to a, a pretty low point total. I, um, but it's going to have to be about stopping that run first. We're going to have to, we're going to have to be, you know, strapping on the pads and, and, and getting right in there with them. You think in the three, four, are, are we going to do uh, a lot of like run blitz and, and bring a lot of guys into the box to stop that run initially? Or you think Diaco is going to try to, to keep it pretty simple? I think he'll play it very safe. Mm-hmm. I think he'll play it very safe at first and see, and see how that goes and then get either get more aggressive or less aggressive as he sees fit because I, that's my concern is they gash us early because maybe we're overplaying or something like yes. that. And that can't happen in this game. You know, this We've got to stay close with these guys so they don't put the foot on the gas in the run game because that will be hard for us to duplicate on offense too. You know, to kind of keep up with that. And I, I, we just don't want to get in that game with them. So the, the, how we come sure. out and, and that defense plays will be a big, big, big part of this, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a lot has been been made of uh, Nebraska's, you know, bad loss to Northern Illinois. And Wisconsin obviously doesn't have any issues with their – their uh, schedule there, but you know BYU uh, ultimately they're one and four right now. Everybody's saying Hornibrook eighteen of nineteen. Well, BYU is probably one of the worst uh, uh, Cougar teams in, in quite a while. Uh, they beat Utah State. Northwestern's really their best test, and it was a lot closer game. Um, any any thoughts on you know Wisconsin stats being a little bit blown up because of the quality of the teams they've played so far? Well, I think. Uh, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, just looking at the the win percentage, their their opponents actually have a better win percentage than ours do currently, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. kind of surprising. So, I guess if you're going to accuse Wisconsin of having blown up stats, I guess that would raise the question: is why don't we? 
I think it's yeah, fair well, to ask the last couple of weeks points. we have. I think it's yeah, fair man. to ask the question though, Mike, especially when when BYU at least on paper certainly looks like their best opponent just on paper and to to Dave's point this isn't this isn't your your grandfather's BYU right now. Um, <laughs> the thing is with Wisconsin though, you can kind of you feel like you can trust that they are probably that team. Yeah. Just because of recent history more than you you could with us. You kind they kind of get sure. the they kind of get a pass because well, You've shown typically that you've got a good defense, and your offense it typically kind of looks like this. So well, you can I, maybe I, trust it, but that doesn't mean they've been tested either. You know, yeah, they're, I, they're, I bring it up because the early early discussion here uh, nationally is we're not. This game is not on the radar. People aren't picking it as one of the top five or ten games to watch this week. Um, hearing guys on the Big Ten Network saying, "Yeah, I mean, boy." Can Nebraska even hang into this game? This the spread is double digits. We're at home as a double digit dog at night. We haven't lost a night home game in I don't know. I mean, nineteen or twenty games, and we're not really getting a lot of respect at all. I mean, it's like it's this, this is not even on anybody's radar that this upset could happen. You know, it's so. it's Boomer's job to do the trivia, but I, I'm just going to guess right now that we haven't had a night game at home where we've been a bigger dog than this ever. I, oh, I can't imagine question. it because the first night game I think we played at home was in 85 against Florida State. So why would we have a game at home where we've had a bigger spread going into it? That That's crazy. Dave, to your point about those first few games too, I know going into the Northwestern game, uh, Wisconsin had outscored opponents 82 to nothing in the second half. Yep, and I right. don't know exactly what the stats were against Northwestern. In fact, they started get, pulling ahead, and that's when you and I left. The, the bar and went to one of the other bars on our on our trip around. I believe the college Northwestern world, got two touchdowns in that second half. Yes, so I don't know exactly what happened in those because we we missed those last couple. But um, that was the first point scored on Wisconsin in the second half. So to that point again too, it's not that we have to start fast necessarily. It's that we can't start bad. <laughs> to Max point, we can't give up the big play and get behind right away. And I don't care if it's zero zero at half in this game. I really don't. We don't hmm. have I don't we don't have to take crazy risk right away offensively or defensively. We need to just stick with them and the longer we stick in this game, I think we're going to be in good shape. Um, to transition over to the, their defense and what they're going to probably try to do to us and what what I think we might be able to counter it with. Dave, you know, you might agree with me here. We watched the Badger defense which was really aggressive. And at times, yeah. overly aggressive. I Multiple offsides where they were very jumpy. And this is one of those moments where if Tanner can do something, if Lee can do something with his cadence, if we can do some things to, to, to try to take some of that aggression and, and actually use it against the Badgers, I think there's opportunities there. Because they were, they were sloppy defensively at times just they by being were. so jumpy. And uh, that, that's an that's a, a area where maybe we might be able to do something with it. They also got, I think, eight sacks on Thorson. So, you get both. I mean, they're, they're going to bring the heat, too, with that, that, that mm-hmm. active uh, front seven. So, boy, we we got to figure out a way to protect them. Absolutely. And, I mean, I'm sure that starts with the run game and, and play action, but geesh. Our draw game is going to have to be really strong. And if, it, if we had any time to, you know, like bring a screen game alive – this would be this would be a good time for it. I don't feel like a screen game would work very well against a team like Wisconsin, though. I just don't feel 
like I've ever seen them be that susceptible to it. So I only say that in theory, not mm. that I actually think it worked. But however, the draw play has been a big, big uh, component of our running game, and we've been pretty successful at it. So keep that going. It, it, that would be nice to yeah. hit him with a few of those. And full, I've said before, Boom. keep that fullback out there. Let's beat. Let's match physical play with physical play. We're not going to beat them. We're not just going to beat their corners. Those corners are aggressive. That Mac, you were talking about YOLO bombs and not wanting them. Definitely not in this game. We are not going to one on one beat these these corners just on on you know fly routes. That's not going to happen. Yeah. And so I would like to match. Don't even call them. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to match physical <laughs> with physical. I'd love to see some play action against them. Let's make those 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 linebackers who are so active for them. Let's make those linebackers have to see the whole field, have their heads on a swivel, having to yeah. cover tight ends, having to, to, to take on fullbacks. Let's make them have to cover all of that and, and not just be in positions where they can just tee off on us. And and one of the last things is we do run a 3-4 on defense, and it will be interesting now in this game to see if that pays off just from a preparation standpoint. We are sure. You know, how much sure. better do we look now running against that? This is like one of those games where maybe it starts to pay off. Yeah, maybe the line calls are a little smoother, and it should help the offensive line. You know, at least can't hurt in terms of calls, which is good. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Yep. Boomer, is there anything from a stats perspective uh, that you'd point to? Maybe a, an opportunity uh, against Wisconsin. Uh, well, let me analyze a few things here. First off, in answer to Hockey's question, the last time we were big underdogs at home in a night game was 2008 against Missouri. We were ten and a half point underdogs, so that was huh. the largest gap we were, and that ended poorly. And uh, the time before that was uh, the USC game, where we were nine and a half point dogs at home. So and, and what's those this? Are current last time I checked, uh, Wisconsin by eleven and a half. It had actually moved. Oh, I just looked at the pretty Vegas substantially in Nebraska's 13. direction. Well, yeah, it's probably somewhere in that eleven and a half to thirteen. But the last time I checked, is eleven and a half. So, so I was right. This has, is this would be the biggest. Yeah, this either way, whether it's eleven and a half or thirteen, that's the biggest uh, home underdogs. We've so ever if it stays been. that high, yeah, yeah, wow. with any luck. Yeah, you know, again, like I'd mentioned before, I looked at about thirty-five-ish different stats. You know, Wisconsin is the leader in pretty much the vast majority of them outside of some special teams uh, sections for us. Um, you can raise that question, was it just the quality of opponent they've played? They haven't been particularly great, you know, to be honest with you. At least we have Oregon and such under our belts, who is at least a reasonable team. You know, where we can take advantage of things, uh, you know, again, it, just from the sheer numbers aspect, it's hard to see any particular spot where there's a big weakness. We have no statistical advantage. That's what you're telling me, Boomer. <laughs> we yeah, got math nothing. doesn't lie here, Dave. If I'm, uh, yeah, there really I'm isn't anything you. that just jumps out and screams, "Hey, we're way better than you at anything." We we really have not well, been statistically than uh, in Wisconsin anything other than special teams so far sure. this season. Well, we can hope that. I th- that we yeah, can... I think we've kind of nailed what we do need to do in this game. We can't start poorly. You know, I frankly, you know, Honky says we don't need to start fast, just don't start poorly. I'd like to see us start fast for a change. Let let's like Miss Con- make Wisconsin try to chase us, you know, for once. I think that would be a sure, nice start to sure. a game. You know, put the pressure on them to actually have to pass more than the, you know, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen times they like to in a game. I think that would, you know, work well in our favor and actually force those turnovers, force him to make some mistakes, actually be able to generate Marty a sack can, can throw INTs if you Yeah, know. he can. Yeah, he threw several against Northwestern. closer every week to scoring a touchdown. Yeah. They're getting very, mm-hmm. very close. They're going to yeah. get one. 
Yeah, I would yeah, not be. Get one. I would not be opposed to us going, you know, starting fast and getting <laughs> no, a no. touchdown. That, Understandable. I, yeah, I would love. You know, Mike, you were, or Boomer, you're breaking down some of the special teams things. There would be no no better start to this game than a kickoff return for a touchdown from Spielman, which seems to be oh, an yeah. area where we have an advantage on him. I would love nothing yeah, we more do. than yeah, that. We, we clearly do. Or just even even getting it on their side of the field and starting strong. Yeah. You know, just giving our offense some options and you know scoring early and scoring often. I, that's you know, that's one of the big things with Wisconsin that I've looked at numbers-wise. You know, time of possession between both teams has been pretty close. We averaged just under 33 minutes of possession a game. They're just a little bit under 35 minutes. You know, where they're really good at is just they score when they have the ball and they're able to prevent other teams from scoring. The The margin of victory, you know, is for us is about 5.6 points per game. They're averaging 27 and a quarter. So they're just yeah. able to take advantage of the times they have the ball and put it in the end zone, generate points. You know, I looked at the game with Wisconsin against Northwestern. They only had the ball for 27 minutes in that game, and they're still able to score 33 points with two turnovers. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's something point, we, yeah. we, we have to be aware of that. And, you know, we need to protect the ball. I know that's cliche to say, but we absolutely have to do that. You can't have a pick six against Wisconsin. You can't put the ball on the turf. You know, we need to be efficient. We need to be effective. And we need to have a good, you know, Langsdorf, uh, unlike you know unusual Langsdorf game plan, I think don't fall back to his normal uh, normal yeah, habits, which right. is what worries me yep. against Wisconsin. This is Mike yeah. Riley to a T, where he says ninety four percent of Big Ten teams win running the ball more and less turnovers. It, they go hand in hand. You can't have the turnovers. We had a, a question on Facebook from Travis, one of the Redcaster listeners, and he said, "Do you, do you see this? Do you guys see the same old pound it right at us and wear in you down type of strategy by the by the Badgers?" Yes. I absolutely see that strategy from them, and that's this is almost one of those games where it's it's a bit of style over over stats for a moment. It's going to be we have to match their physical style of play because we know they're going to bring that. There is no question, no question at all. They are going to bring their physical style of play. We better be ready to match it, and and not turn the ball over in the process. Well, it'd be interesting to see if we can. Or how we match it from a physical standpoint, especially on that D line versus their O line, mm-hmm. because I don't think their O line, I don't think their offense is particularly unstoppable necessarily. I mean, but they but they do what Wisconsin does, and so you allow that team to get ahead of you if your defense generates some turnovers and they get the ball. You know, they're never going to stop trying to run it. You know, so it's just sort of a matter of time thing. So yeah, if 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 we can score on their defense, if we can give Taylor or Taylor. Tanner a little time, and we can run the ball. Uh, you know, we'll give them a shot. But listen, they have not killed us. You know, they have killed they've killed Bo, but they have never killed Mike Riley. Yep, that's right. There's no reason to be this afraid of Wisconsin. I I understand what Northern Illinois did to everybody. I get that, but it's it's one game. This is a football season, man. And and this well, that's is that's why I was bringing up bringing up the uh, you know the perception. I mean, right now it's like, oh, this is going to be a walk in the park by Wisconsin. The last two years. Do not give you that indication. Not at all. In, so. But they, but but they were probably favored in those games, just like they are in this one. You know yeah, what I mean? I, I don't recall us being. Yeah. So it's it's, it's 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 probably what it is right now, and that's fine. Again, Wisconsin gets the benefit of the doubt. We already talked about that. They've proven more than we have. So yep. I'm totally fair. That the spread doesn't bother me. It is what it is. That that has nothing to do with mm-hmm. what we what we can do yeah, as a team. Ju- just as a uh, you know. Indicates the perception from the national front sure. of, of the strengths of the two teams. That's all it does. 
And it's um, been earned yeah. by us, sadly. Yeah, that's you know, right. So. That's right. Hey, the Illinois game was a five and a half spread point spread, if I re- recall right, a week ago. So I mean, spreads are meant to be broken one way or the other. And sure, so right. let's beat it. I mean, the, the spread just simply is the the Vegas uh, books trying to get everybody to to bet fifty percent on each side. I mean, I think Illinois is a eighteen point underdog versus Iowa this week. So that gives you an indication of. The national perception of Nebraska, even after a twenty-eight to six victory over Illinois, hmm. so yep. it is what it is. The pod predictions. All right, guys, we are running through the games of the week. You know, before we uh, step into this uh, uh, set of top ten games of the week, uh, how did we do last week, hockey? Uh, I think well, Mac I had a big week, didn't he? Yeah, Mac went eight and two. And the rest of us went six and four, but as usual, maybe, maybe. I I kind of took a different route than you guys. I I won the the wash the only one to get Washington State over USC, but then that's right. Like a fool, I picked Tennessee at home, and that <laughs> you know, that should count. That should have been losses. like a negative two points right there yeah, or something. That, that was dumb. So Max but, now in the lead, probably. All right. No, All he's right. he's tied with Boomer, who's one behind you. I think Dave. I think you're still in the lead. And Sweet. then I'm I'm like three behind, so you know all it right. gives me plenty right. of room good. to improve. Is how I like to look at it. All right, well let's uh, let's hit these. All right, let's start off uh, with Michigan State, Michigan. Mac, I know you're going to ask, so I'm going to tell you it's in Ann Arbor. Let's let's start with you. All right, I'm going to go with Michigan. All right, boomer. Even though I w- Michigan State came through for me last week, I do appreciate that. Michigan State did look um, a lot better last week against Iowa. Yeah, we're still going to go with Michigan. All right, you know, Wilson Spate is out. They're going to John O'Corn. So, backup uh, QB for Michigan hockey. Still Wolverines all the way. All right. I was just trying to get it, get you to, to flip for me. That's all. See if you take the bait. Uh, I also take Michigan. Uh, all right, let's. Uh, here's a game that you thought would be a big one on the radar. Odd matchup. Now we have Miami of Florida versus Florida State. I think the Hurricanes are favored by like three points. This is in Tallahassee. Florida State was able to beat Wake last week, but it was not pretty. Uh, Honky, what do you got? I'm going Miami with my lock of the week. Ooh. Interesting. Early lock of the week. Wow. Wow, and a little of a risky one, I would think. Boomer. Uh, we're gonna go with Miami, but certainly not any luck. All right, Mac. I am also going Miami. In the heat, Miami. All right, I'll go with Miami too. That's a that's a tough one. I don't know. It seems like Florida State's got to start turning this thing around at some point. Uh, all right, how about Maryland at Ohio State? Ohio State uh, pounced Rutgers. Big spread on this one. I think it's over thirty points. Mac, what do you got? Buckeye. Buckeyes. Boomer? Ohio State, they're a lock for victory. Oh, my goodness. Hey, you oh, take took it. that as a lock. That's, I didn't. That's, well, take a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Honky? I'm going to take, obviously, Ohio State, but this feels like one of those games, kind of like when Ohio State played Northwestern a year ago and it went well into the second half. I, I really like Dirk and uh, Maryland's coach, and I know they're down to their third QB, but – I just think like they're going to play them hard, and, and Ohio State will probably be shivering in their boots preparing for us the next week. So, Sure, sure. But but I'll give the Buckeyes the win at home. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and maybe they're looking looking past the Terps. That's right. Uh, hey, let's do um, let's do a Thursday night game here. Louisville uh, at NC State. Boomer. Oh, these are two ranked teams. It's a dumpster fire. Yeah, let's just go with Louisville. Just just for the heck of it. All right, I'm sure Mac. there's some shoe money floating around, so let's just go with that. <laughs> I'm going Louisville as well. Honky. Well, I'm going to mix it up a little bit then. I'm going NC State. All right. I'll take the Ville. I'm not going to follow Honky's lead on that at all. Um, all right. Let's uh, head back to uh, the Midwest. Uh, classic Big 12 matchup here. Team that loves to give Texas fits is K-State. Wildcats are in Austin this weekend. Uh, Honky, K-State, Texas, who do you got? Got K-State. Interesting. They seem to have great success there uh, against the Longhorns. Mac? Yeah, I'm going off of the ghost of K-State's past on that one, too. So K-State is my lock of the week. All right. Herman's going to taste a little Bill Snyder wrath. Before nice. the old man retires, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> they kill him in Austin. It's I hope they, they do. do. It's one of they my favorite, most favorite traditions in the Big Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> Boomer. Yeah, this is a game that Texas loves to lose every season. Let's go with the Wildcats. Yeah, I think I'm going to go that way too. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'll take K State. Um, all right, Alabama is also in the state of Texas this weekend. Uh, they're in College Station to take on Texas A&M. Mac, what about this one? Murder. They're going to kill him, <laughs> Alabama. <laughs> Boomer? Uh, someone and Butch Jones will probably be sharing an apartment together somewhere fairly soon. So, And can anyone in the SEC actually beat Alabama? That would be great no, if any of you so. could put up an effort. So we're going Crimson Tide because the world is so dark. Even Ole Miss, the team that usually gives Alabama fish, just gets killed by them last week. Yeah. Honky? You could take an all-star team of the other 13 programs in the SEC and they still would get destroyed by Bama. This is Bama over by the end of the first quarter. You know, I, I was – Looking at a few other t- uh, games here for my lock of the week, but you guys have convinced me that I should take Alabama as my lock of the week. I'll also take the Crimson. We tie. should have a rule against taking Bama as your lock. Oh of the come week. on! This is the You're second just leaving time it out there. It's not my fault. I'm take you guys have just made a case that Alabama was going to crush A and M, and none of you took him as the lock of the week. It was out there. I'm the last guy to pick. I would like my lock my of fault. the week to be LSU over Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, A&M has uh, pulled this upset off before. Maybe, maybe uh, totally misguided. Uh, all right, let's go Wazoo versus Oregon. The Cougars of Washington State going into Eugene to take on the Ducks. Boomer? Oh, this game should probably take about five and a half hours and end yeah. about 88 to 84. Uh, we're going to go with the Pirate here. I've, Wazoo's on something, good. I think, this year, yeah. All right. Honky? I went with the uh, the Pirate last week and was the only one to do that. And now, typically, he'll come back and he'll blow it, as he's done in past years. This is Oregon at Autzen. Good call. Mac? I'm going to go with the Pirate as well. I feel like, yeah, he's, re- he's running a little hot right now. I'll give him two games. Hmm. 
You know, I, I think uh, Honky's on to something on this one. Uh, I think Oregon could, can, can do this at home. So I'll take the Ducks with them. Uh, all right, how about West Virginia TCU? Another one of those classic Big 12 games you guys have always always longed to watch on Saturday afternoons. Mountaineers versus Horned Frogs. Mac? TCU. In Fort Worth. All right, Boomer? I mean, this is a storied rivalry that probably dates back to last year or something. I don't yeah. know. But no, no, I think it's been two years now, actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but TCU's looked really good this year. I, I don't see West Virginia pulling this off. So, go Horn Frogs. Honky? Who, uh, one of us picked TCU to win preseason. Oh, who was that? I forget. Who was that? Oh, and he got all this crap because Oklahoma State's the big team. And then, well, you know what? I'm going to stick with my preseason pick of TCU. And they will win this weekend against. West oh, hockey! Quick question: How's Wyoming doing? That's uh, just one week. Uh, this is only Power Five that we're talking yeah. about, Boomer. Uh, well, how about Iowa? How's Iowa doing for you, Honk? I don't consider Raiders. them Power Five. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! We're going to regret fired. that. Shots fired. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take uh, Phil Phil Honky Steel's call here and go with TCU. I think uh, I think they are better of the two teams all right um another uh matchup of uh highly regarded programs duke versus virginia how'd this make the top 10 good it's crazy oh wait a second each one only has one loss both of them are looking better um interesting uh acc matchup honky oh i didn't know we were even gonna pick this i have no uh hey it was tough to find 10 good games yeah, we should have stopped at nine. Um, okay, I guess I'll go Duke. I'm not sure. Really? Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> Do some prep work, man. They destroyed no. <laughs> Northwestern. Come on, man. Just, I know yeah, that I much. No uh, all right, Max, it's, <laughs> you're having fun with us. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, I was going to pick Duke, so <laughs> that was just going to be my default answer. Duke. Duke does look. Virginia's actually favored by two. You know, it's, yeah. it's tough to go in. A, in Who was two. the quarterback that went to Duke for us? Kurt Dukes, wasn't it? Kurt Dukes, Dukes wasn't yeah. it? Kurt Dukes, wasn't it? Kurt Dukes. It's like he was named. You know, it was foretold to go there. Yeah, yeah. I think he was on a show because of that. <laughs> Boomer, uh, who are you taking? Well, I would say back in 1932, we had a uh, you know Jonathan of Virginia actually go to Virginia, so just similarly <laughs> to that. But uh, I think Bronco Mendenhall seems to have something going at Virginia, so let's take them. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I mean, this type of situation, sometimes it's best to side with the home team. Um, I'm thinking I'm taking the Cavaliers as well. Well, we'll see if he can really pull it off. All right, guys, that leaves us with uh, a little game on Saturday night in Nebraska, Wisconsin versus the Huskers. Honky, you want to start this off with a score? Sure. Well, I mean, I think as we've talked about it all get all show here, it's going to be a physical back and forth. Uh, we better be able to, to stop the run, and, and we better be able to run the ball on them. I'm hoping this game is over in about two and a half hours uh, and keep it low scoring. Um, this is uh, – it's so hard here. I mean, preseason I said we, were, we would have won this game. But just looking at the team so far, I'm, I'm going to go with Wisconsin 14, Nebraska 10. Hmm, intriguing. What is this, 1927? Good grief. 14 to 10. Yep. 
Alright, alright. Uh, Boomer? Uh, yeah, just kind of going back to our previous picks. Uh, I did pick Wisconsin to win the West. Um, I'm probably going to have to stick with that here, too. And looking at all the stats kind of depressed me today. Uh, you know, numbers are hard to, hard to argue against. Uh, this is Nebraska's chance to really take a step forward if we want to do one. So here's our, here's our best shot. But I'm going to have to go with Wisconsin 34, Nebraska 31. All right, much higher scoring. That's interesting. All right, uh, Mac? Um, I'm torn on this one a little bit. But I don't yeah. want to succumb to the fear of that. It's, I don't think we can beat Wisconsin because of everything I've already said before. This, there's a lot of things about this team that scare me. And I, I don't mean Wisconsin, I mean Nebraska. <laughs> but I think if, uh, if we can shore that up and just take care of our own, just take care of our own business... I saw a little life in that. I think we can win. I'm just gonna go with it. But it'll be it'll have to be low scoring, so I'm gonna say you know, like twenty eight, twenty twenty four. Nebraska. Twenty eight, twenty four. All right. Yeah, I've been uh I've been waffling on this all day long. I mean all the stats tell you to take Wisconsin. Nebraska hasn't really done anything uh even these last two weeks to make you feel like they're ready to, to take on a, an opponent. I have said um, beginning of the year that I thought Wisconsin is slightly overrated. Um, and Riley does is notorious for pulling off a game like this. And I think it's more likely to be Wisconsin than it is Penn State or Ohio State at this point. <sighs> yeah. Uh, what the heck? I'm going to do it. Uh, I'll take Nebraska 20. Dave? All right. <laughs> I'm going to take Nebraska 24, Wisconsin 20. We'll see. I hope you guys are right. right. I really do. Hey, and it and it is oh, a night yeah. game in Nebraska. Those are those we don't are lose these games at home at night. Michigan mm. State didn't didn't like it so much. It's tough. Yep. We'll get a what's that super annoying song they play? Jump around? No, no. Ooh, well, Wisconsin clear my throat. Nebraska plays. Oh, clear my throat. Yeah, yeah, that's... yeah let me clear DJ my throat. DJ Cool. Either way, it sounds awesome after a win. So I wouldn't mind mm-hmm. hearing it. Yeah, yeah. I I, I have. Uh, I don't know if my my pick is of of confidence or not, but uh, yeah, what the heck? Sometimes you got to go on a limb, right? Yep. All right, guys, uh, what do you guys got for parting shots? Let's get out of here. All right. Well, Honky? I I want to talk about uh, last weekend real quick. It was a lot of fun in Denver, and uh, Dave and I on Saturday did a round the world tour of of different uh, watch sites, and so we went to every Power Five conference. You know, saw home. You know, saw teams and and. Or fan bases of all these different teams and colors and 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 fight songs. It was awesome. Uh, and I want to give a shout out to his neighbor Sean, who's an Iowa fan, but is probably the coolest guy. And uh, and he's an Iowa fan, so you know, I guess that's saying that something. It's worth. The other parting shot is volleyball. Just a, a carry on from a, from last weekend. Um, they had two more top five wins this weekend over Minnesota and Wisconsin. That's just awesome. Saw in the top uh, 25 that they are still ranked behind Penn State, who they just swept a week ago. So that's, you know, highway robbery there. But great job, uh, Coach Cook and, and girls. All right. Mac? Um, no real parting shot for me this week. I just uh, just really hope we win. <laughs> All right, I just Boomer. really, really want us to win. Boomer, what do you got? 
Well, I just want to say that as an Adidas school, if it turns out that uh, we're all caught up in the uh, budding scandal that they have, I'm going to be really, really peeved because, man, we have not gotten our money's worth basketball-wise. That is the truth. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, good clearly point. not one of their good point. schools. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll part with just simply saying uh, the Red Cast is going to be, in, at least some of us are going to be in Lincoln. Um, I'm RVing back for the game. Looking forward to to that. I think we'll have some some Twitter activity there over the weekend. Uh, so maybe we can do a meet and greet, or maybe actually we'll do a show out there. I'm not quite certain yet. But uh, looking forward to tailgating with uh, Honky and Boomer and producer and, Skip. Uh, and Skip will be there. We'll make Mac jealous, and it uh, should be a great time. So hopefully we have plenty of time to tailgate, talk Husker football for care. a lot of it. <laughs> All right, guys. I don't get to watch the game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Let's call that a uh, Go Big Redcast. All right. GBR. GBR. Beat Wisconsin.